Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible says that God is self-existent. He doesn't need the earth. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. He's totally complete all on his own. But God wanted to have fellowship. God God wanted a creation that would know him, that would experience his love, his peace, his joy, his spirit. He created the earth. He created humans to live on it. And the Bible says he wanted what he really wanted was fellowship with you and I. He wanted you just like you know we 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 just went out to to California to spend time with our son and our grandchildren, to be with our family. God wanted a family, and so he he created Adam and Eve, and he created the human race. And the Bible says that he would in Genesis chapter three that he came down the cool of the day to fellowship with them. But he couldn't on that particular day. He couldn't because they'd sinned, they'd separ- and they were separated from him. So he couldn't dwell in them any longer. <coughs> so he did in the Old Testament. He did the best thing. He dwelt among them. But then Jesus came, and the Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever should believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God made God made everlasting life available to us. We have a new creation in our spirits so that we can once again have fellowship with God spirit to spirit. And how do, we, what it's, how do we do that? How do we fellowship with God spirit to spirit? It's called prayer. That's how, that's, how you, that's how you interact with God. That's how you spend time with Him. That's how you relate to Him in prayer. What I want to look today is not, I want to look no, kind of at the, at the, I won't say the negative side of prayer, but but, the, but what happens when we don't pray? When we, we pray very little. I, I'll be honest with you, over the years, one of the, one of the things I've always struggled with is to have what I, would, what I feel is a, is, a, is a deep, intimate relationship with God in prayer. I hear other pastors praying, and, I just, and sometimes I just feel like, God, I've, just, I've never been one to pray for hours and hours. I've heard people talk about soaking you know, we just get in the presence of God and soak for hours. I, 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 don't, I, I don't soak. I quick rinse. <laughs> I mean, I, I pray, but I've always felt like I could always come up higher. I could always do better. And God wants, God wants that. God wants to spend time with us. He wants us to spend time with him so that we can, we can share each other's hearts, strengthen each other. But I want to look at prayer in the sense that what happens when you don't pray. You know, Jesus set, set the example for us when he walked the earth. He was a, he was a I will say he's, he was God, but he was also, he came as a man. And he spent time with God in prayer. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, it says he would rise a great while before day. He, he rose a great while before day and went to a secluded place and prayed. 
Well, another translation says, while it was still dark, he arose, went to a secluded place and prayed. In Luke chapter 5, it says, he would often slip away into the wilderness and pray. Just he'd be, he'd, be, <coughs> he'd be going somewhere, and I just could see him say to his disciples, okay, just stay here for a minute. I'll be back in a little while. He'd go off somewhere and he'd by himself and he'd pray. And he'd do fellowship with God. You know, remember Jesus said, I only do what I say, what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father say. How did he know what the Father was going to do? How did he know what the Father was saying? Because he, because he got it in prayer. In, in Luke chapter 6, though, so one occasion he says he spent the whole night in prayer to God. He was a man of great prayer. The first church was a praying church. The apostles were praying people. They believed in prayer and they saw results in prayer. When we don't pray, we, sometimes we don't see God moving the way we want. We say, where's God? Well, God is some, I think sometimes God is saying, where are you? I need, if you spend time with me, I'll show up in your life in a, in a greater and a greater way. So I just want to look at some of the consequences, you might say, of, of shallow prayer or intermittent prayer or lack of prayer. Call it what you will. And they're not necessarily in order of importance, but I just want to just kind of tweak us and say, what God really wants to do today is for every one of us to kind of examine our prayer life and say, if, if, I, if I need to come up high, some of you are probably fine. God is, your prayer life is, is more than adequate. But others of us probably could come up a little bit higher. And that's what God wants to encourage us today. First of all, let's look at Luke chapter 22. In Luke chapter 22, in verse 39. It says, and he, came out, and he came out and proceeded as was his custom to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples also followed him. When he arrived at the place, he said to them, <clears throat> Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them and went about, his, went about a stone's throw away. And knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, <clears throat> strengthening him. And being in agony, he was praying very fervently. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping from sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Pray that you may not enter into temptation. So when, when, we, when our prayer life is, is not uh, very strong, when, I, when, we, when we pray intermittently, when we pray shallow, shallow prayers, what, what hap- one, of the, one of the results of that is that we open ourselves up to, to temptation. Pray that you may not enter into temptation. When we, when, we, when we pray, we become strong in the Spirit. You know, the Apostle Paul said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Prayer, prayer causes the strength of God to come into us. You know what it says in Isaiah chapter 40, they that wait upon the Lord, well, they will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. When we pray, God, the strength of God comes into us. Now, that doesn't mean that prayer will keep us 
free from all temptation, but it will cause us to be strong and resist the temptation. When we don't pray, we become weak, we become like spiritually anorexic, and those things that shouldn't bother us will become overwhelming. Several years ago, God gave me a vision. I saw like a piece of wood, a plank, and on it were three balls. There was a golf ball, a softball, and a basketball. And I knew what God was saying. He was saying, the problem in our life is the softball. If we don't pray, we become like the golf ball. And the problem overwhelms us. But if we pray consistently and we pray fervently and we seek God in prayer, we become strong and we become like the, go- like the basketball. Now the problem is still the same. There's the, problem, the, golf, the, the softball is still the softball. But now we're kind of, you might say we're greater than it because of what God's done in our life. So we're stronger <coughs> and it doesn't overwhelm us like it, like it would. So one of the things, you know, sometimes people say, oh, I couldn't help it. This thing overwhelmed me. Well, there's a scripture in the Bible that has been kind of a, a, a one that kind of keeps me on course. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's what I call my no-excuse Bible, my no-excuse scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, in verse 13, it says, No temptation has overcome you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. So God knows if I'm a baby Christian I'm, or if I'm a, supposed to be mature when I walk with God, God kind of protects us. He won't allow anything to come upon us that we can't handle. God who will not allow us to be tempted beyond what you're able but with the temptation will provide the way of escape so that you'll be able to endure it. With the temptation comes the way of escape. God always gives me a way of escape. Now, sometimes I'm tired, I'm frustrated, I've kind of lost my patience about something, and I might get a little bit, I might get a little bit upset. I'm really a pretty good guy normally, but, uh, <laughs> but every once in a while I have my days. And, uh, but this scripture always reminds me, it, whatever comes, I, I don't have to yield to it. God, I, I, the strength of God will keep me walking upright before God. So we have to watch out. Lack of prayer will cause us to be vulnerable, you might say, to temptation where we don't have to be. James chapter 1 says, Each one is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own lust. And we all have weaknesses that we battle. How can we, how can we become strong and not give in to them or have them overwhelm us? Through prayer. So spend time with prayer in God and the strength of God will come into you and you'll be, you'll be able to resist those things that come against us in Jesus' name. I want to look at another scripture in Ma- and let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. In Matthew chapter 5 in verse 43, it says, Love your enemies, bless those that curse you, do good to them that hate you. So right there, it's like, wow. I'm supposed to make this, this idiot that's been on my case, I'm supposed to bake him a pie or bring him some ice cream or something. Do good. 
Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. <clears throat> that you may show yourselves to be sons of your Father who is in heaven. Look what it says in there. If I do that, if I pray for those who despitefully use me and curse, curse me, if I do good to them that hate me, if I bless those that curse them, I'm showing myself to be a, a son of my Father who is in heaven. It was, it was, I'm acting like God, because that's what God does. When we pray for those who have oppressed us, when we pray for those who have hurt us, who have wounded us, who betrayed us, who lied about us, that's a hard thing to do. What we want to do is we want to get on the phone and tell everybody how, how, how they wronged us, how they mistreated us, how bad they are. We want to let everybody know that they're no good. Instead, God says we're supposed to pray for them and bless them. Because that's what God did. And when we do that, it proves that we're children of God because we're acting like our Father. Because that's what He did. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we didn't want anything to do with Him, when we were, you might say, shaking our fists at Him, saying, I don't want you. He says, I'm going to come and die for you anyway. I'm going to give myself to those who hate me. I'm going to die for those who will never, who will never come to me. But I'm going to die for them anyway. Because I want that door to be open for them to come and know me and to spend eternity with me. And that's the way God wants us to be. God wants us to not take our, take, not take our own, the Bible says, don't, don't take your own revenge, brother, but leave room for the wrath of God. When we, pray for, when we pray for the welfare of those who are against us, we pray for their prosperity, for their families, for their children. We identify ourselves as children of God in the realm of the Spirit. And we open ourselves up to blessings because we're acting like God would act. We don't pray for God to judge them. We don't criticize them. We pray for God to bless them and turn their hearts in Jesus' name. So prayer. Prayer is important to pray for those. The Bible says, if we the Bible says, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, if we rejoice when our enemy falls... God will turn it against us. And in James chapter 4, in James chapter 4, it says, What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and you do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. So the Bible says one reason why we don't have sometimes is because we just don't ask. We don't ask God. God wants to answer our prayers, but we have to have the right motivation in our prayers. He says you ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. So you may spend it on your pleasures. So we, God, in 1 John, the Bible says that if we pray according to his will, he hears us. And we know if he hears us when we pray that we'll have the things that he desires us to have. We have to pray according to the will of God. Sometimes one of the first things we have to do when we pray is say, God, what is your will for this situation? What is your will? How, do I, how should I proceed? Get the will of God and then pray the will of God and God will come in and, and do what he said he would do. But sometimes we don't have because we don't ask. My mother was, my mother was God bless her, she was a sweetheart. I really believe she saved and went to heaven. But she was spiritually very... Uh, Ignorant. 
She just, she, she, she didn't really, she had her own ideas of God. And she'd say things like, well, I'd say, Mom, you got to pray about that. She said, well, I don't want to bother God with small things. I say, everything's small to God. There is no such thing as a big thing to God. So don't worry about, don't worry about bothering God with small things. There's no, there's no big things to God. They're all small. So bother him. Because he, he, he loves us. And he, he wants to be involved in every aspect of our life. Every, every relationship. Every aspect of our life. He wants, to, he, wants, he wants to be there just like I want to be for my own kids. I want to help them. And he wants to help us and he will help us. If we'll just spend time. Get alone with God. The Bible says go into your prayer closet. You, know, you, don't, you don't have to literally go into a closet. But take time, take time away from other things and spend time with God and see what happens. You'll get, you'll get strong. You'll, you'll sense his presence. You'll sense his peace. Your whole life will be different. I remember one time Pastor Darren was talking about prayer and he said, I, you say, you know, I, I didn't have much time to pray in the morning. I got to get up. I got to go to work. But I spent like 10 or 15 minutes. Just 10, He said, and my whole day was different. You know, it, it, it just happens. God gets involved with you when you get involved with him. So temptations won't be as powerful. God will provide for us. He'll bless us when we pray and seek him. In Luke chapter 11 and chapter 18, God is talking about persistence in prayer. In the one he's talking about a, a, a man who goes to his friend's house and says, I need some bread. You know that scripture? I need some bread. He says, I can't come. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in bed. I'm not going to get up. He said, oh, yes, you are, because I'm not standing and bang on the door until you get up and give me what I need. So God says we're supposed to persist in prayer. Some, one, of the, one of the things that really uh, hinders what God wants to do in our life is so we get tired of praying for something. We kind of quit. We pray for a certain length of time, and the enemy kind of puts it in our minds. You haven't got it now, and you're never going to get it. What's the use? So we give up. Don't ever give up in prayer. And the other one is the woman who, the woman who kept going to the unjust judge. And finally he gave in. Well, the Bible says we're supposed to pray continually. And pray with persistent prayer. I, I can't really back this up scripturally. But I've always had the impression that it's like there's this trap door. The spring-loaded trapdoor. And when I pray, it's like I'm putting bricks on this trapdoor. And the more I pray, the more I pray, the more bricks. And finally, uh, the door gives way. Boom. And here comes my answer to prayer. I mean, I don't know if that's a good picture, but that's always been my impression. So I, I just I pray until something breaks in the spirit. When it breaks, then the answer comes. But so many times I think we... We, we give up before, before, the, before that thing breaks and before the answer can come. But I want to encourage you. To, if there's something that's, that you're praying about, don't ever quit. Don't ever quit praying for the things that God wants us to have. I'm praying for physical healing in my body. And I'm going to continue to pray until it's totally manifested. I have a right. He died for my sins. He died for my sicknesses and my disease. I'm not giving up. I'm not getting frustrated. I'm saying thank you, Jesus, for being my healer. Thank you that you died on the cross 2,000 years ago to heal my body. I thank you for giving me strength 
For you said in your word, with long life you'll satisfy me and show me my, your salvation. So I'm praying. I'm going to press into your presence. I want to get in your, I'm going to get the mind of God. I want to pray and believe God for all the blessings of myself, my family, this church, this city, this area. God is a God who wants to answer prayer and he will answer prayer if we'll just press into him. Don't get discouraged. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. In Jesus' name. Luke chapter 11. I'm almost done. For Luke 11, verse 24. When the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest and not finding any. It says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it swept and put in order. Then it goes and takes along seven other spirits, more evil than itself. And they go in and live there. And the last day of that man becomes worse than the first. When, we, when, we don't, when, we, when our prayer life is very inconsistent or very shallow, we don't pray, we stop praying, we begin to, we begin to dry up like a lake that doesn't have any water. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 20, neither give place to the devil. Now that doesn't mean, it's not talking about being demon, demon, demon possessed. But it's talking about giving the devil uh, a place of influence in our lives. When the enemy comes to influence uh, any aspect of our life, prayerlessness creates a vacancy, a dryness in the heart of a person. And it can open, it can open, it doesn't necessarily have to, but it can open the way for demonic influence. Things like just carnality, soullessness kind of creeps back in. The love of the world, the love of worldly things. Worldliness creeps back in. Pride and selfishness, fear, criticalness, judgmentalness. We just, ungodly things begin to creep back in. When we, when we, we, we don't pray, things, we, we begin to dry up spiritually. We don't lose our salvation. But we just, we just lose that spiritual edge, you might say. This house was swept and clean, but it wasn't replacing anything. God wants to fill the vacancies in our life with the Spirit, to become the one who's, who's our all in all. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul says we're supposed to pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean we stay in our prayer closet all day, we don't bathe, we don't go to work, we don't take care of our kids, but we just have them on our minds. And from time to time, when we get a few minutes, we say, God, here I am. I'm listening to you. I'm waiting for you to give me instructions on this day. I want to serve you. I want to be the person you've called me to be. In 1 Samuel, you don't have to go there. In 1 Samuel chapter 12, Samuel's talking to the people. He says, far be it for me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. If we don't, lack of prayer can be, can be a sin. So let's, let's determine to be a, a people that pray, to press that finest time to be with God, to allow his spirit to rule in our lives, to be the people that he's called us to be. Several years ago, many years ago, we, we, we were getting a, a magazine called Charisma Magazine. Come to our house every month. I'll never forget one day, one month, there was an article in there about the, some of the fastest growing churches in America. I remember one of them was 
was uh, Pastor Ron Tucker, Grace Church in St. Louis. Another one was Billy Joe Doherty's church in uh, Tulsa. And the churches were different. One of them was more of a teaching church. The other one was more evangelistic. The other one was more very missionary-oriented. So they had diff- the churches had different flavors, you might say. But they were all, one, they was, they were all very fast-growing churches. But they said the one common denominator that every one of those churches has is they had pastors that prayed. There were pastors that had deep and intimate prayer lives. And, that's, and God, will, God will do something for all of us. And not just pastors, but any, just any, all Christians who press into God in prayer will find new life. I'm not saying all problems will go away, but, but there will be a strength in your life. You'll have a peace that you've never known. And you can become, and you can become a world overcomer in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thank you for, this op- for the greatest opportunity we have on the earth, and that is to spend time with you, to be in your presence, to know your presence, to have your spirit in us, become strong, to be, to be a people who walk in the spirit, walk by the spirit, and do and obedient to the spirit of God. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.